Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. All right, everybody, welcome to my official author podcast. Do you hear that feedback? It's a little echoey. Should I, you know, um, can you hear me without any feedback? Yeah, you sound clear. Oh, and, and then my feedback is gone. Oh. I knew it. Oh, whatever. Problem solved, regardless. So, welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and tonight, late tonight, I have the honor and the privilege of introducing my friend, Lydia Collins, who is the originator of Right Around the Block. So, welcome, Lydia. You got to tell everybody about you. Well, thank you for having me on here. Uh, Well, Right Around the Block is a a really small group, and it's more born of a writing struggle that I I guess that I've always had. Always loved writing since I was 16 years old, you know, finished my first manuscript and, you know, had had some mild success, I would say, between getting some things published and articles and magazines, you know, still working on the book dream. But uh, Right Around the Block was really just more of a journey where it's to help encourage writers who have had that up and down or that period of disappointment in their lives where they just stopped writing and then discovered, why did I do that? How far along could I have been at this point if I had just kept going? So, you know, it's, it's, I I think the group is reflective of both the journey I personally had and hopefully it's restorative for those who join as well. Because you started your group in 2006 on Facebook, right? So yes, Uh, originally it was a group of like, fresh into high school writers. And uh, one by one, they started dropping off the map. And I'm like, where, where are they going? <laughs> but um, then as you know, the years go by and you age and you find yourself 30 some years old, <laughs> you, you look back and, and I restarted the group because I was like, you know what, it's kind of, again, reflective of that journey of where you start off kind of young and bright eyed as a writer. And then you realize this is a lot more than what you think it will be. It's more than just sitting there and thinking that a publisher is going to fall into your lap. It's a lot more work. So when I restarted the group, um, now we have about over 190 members and it's going really strong. And, and again, it's all part of that restorative process. But I think it's also more than just having that accountability piece. Yes. I think it's the community, just the cheering each other on, like, supporting each other when someone gets on and says, well, I've had a no. (laughs) Well, oh yes, we had somebody last night who had a yes. It was funny because it's like back-to-back posts. The first person was writing how they had had their first rejection, which, you know, normally is is something where at that point you may want to give up. And then the next person's posting, I just got my first book deal. So it's pretty exciting. And and you know what, but the comments on both uh, posts were equally supportive and mm-hmm. equally, like pushing you forward and that's something that as you know when you're first starting out in writing you don't have 
I've, been, I've heard a lot that you need a mentor when you write, but it's really hard to find that mentor if you're not, if you don't just know someone right. about the internet and about, you know, writing groups in particular is you can team up, you can partner. So that's why I've been putting in a lot of initiatives like an accountability program, matching you up with people that uh, will encourage you, push you and almost fill in that mentoring role without, uh, without you having, you know, the struggle of finding someone. Or having the time demands of having to meet someone and work around their schedule when you can do everything online now. So the ease of it, I think, is very appealing to people. And, and I think sometimes we think of writing as a solo journey. And I'm telling you, I've done more, I think, quality writing and more writing on my own work in progress this past, since I started the group than I have in all my years of the on and off you know, you know, like that, that on and off dieting. It's almost like that with writing. It's like, I, I love it. Let me like put a couple hundred words here. Now let me stop. But I, you know, with the accountability program, with the group itself, it, you know, it, they push you. And that's, well, you know, again, well, it's, it's also, you're the model though. Like you're the leader. And so you've got that responsibility on your shoulders to, you know, practice what you're preaching, you know, practice what you're carrying out. And so there's an extra burden for that as well. But at the same time, I think it's, again, reflective of where I'm at at this point. You know, I'm committed to writing. And I just, I, you know, and I look back and I'm like, I, I want to capture that group of writers that may have had that initial love of writing, but then you got to have the duration for it, too. So I want them to have that experience, like that mix of experience for people who have been there, done that, and, and those who are just entering it, that so they have that support that they need, because we, we need it either way. And, and so for a way to build, I think, community connections. Mm -hmm. Writers are readers too. So <laughs> we need that community behind us to get the word out. And uh, it, it becomes not only a marketing tool, but it becomes a family. It becomes a community. And it's just something really beautiful. I think too, what I hear a lot is how do I find beta readers? You know, people will email me, they'll ask me, well, how did you get your betas? And I'm like, well, my betas came from like Facebook friends and their families, you know, read this, do this, you know, me bribing teachers, can't you read this for me? <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. But when you have communities online, when you have writers group, there's beta readers that are right there that would be willing to do swaps. I think our first set of beta readers have, were, were always our family members, you know, the original yep. readers that made you feel good about what you write. And then your second set of beta readers, um, if, you know, if you're in a group or if you have a community or a mentor, they become the harshest ones. Those, those are the ones that both kill you and make you at the same time because you're like, oh, maybe I'm not such a great writer. But once you listen to what they're saying, you turn around, you, you have to turn that attitude around and, and see they really have made you a stronger person and a better writer um, you know like taking that real authentic feedback you have your cheerleader feedback which is important um, and then you have the real feedback which basically gives you that muscle tone that you need well don't you think that the competitions that you guys are doing on the yes. right around the block like really does help raise the bar for a lot of people because even though I don't participate in the competitions you guys have this energy <laughs> this ecstatic energy surrounding that you want to talk a little bit how did that even come to be for you personally I didn't even start that so I gotta give you know credit to where it was due 
uh, Zane Kadri on our group just started these little posts and these little competitions. I'm like, what a brilliant idea. And that's another thing I love about the community of writers is like the ideas shouldn't originate from one person. But she started posting them. And I think the main thing that we take away from these short 100 word competitions or 10 word competitions with a picture prompt is that the power of just a few words. Because when we are writers, we seem to think that everyone wants to know the exact altitude that the wind is blowing and just how the flowers bloom in the sun. And really, do we? You know, like right. taking, taking away, you know, that unlimited word power and shortening it down to just a few sharp sentences is where the power lays, you know, like, or where the power is. Um, Which is hard to cut babies like that, though. It's and really hard to take every word and say, okay, I got to throw this one out. But that's what happened to me on one of those challenges. I responded. It was like, what would be the first line of your whip or one that you're working on? And so I've had this idea that I have been carrying around with me. I tried starting it last summer. I got to chapter 11. I couldn't move any anymore with it. And it was because I was doing it from the wrong POV. Like I absolutely know now what I have to do to make it better. After reading Station Eleven, I don't know if you've read Station Eleven or not. I'll throw it on my read list. <laughs> but it's a post-apocalyptic. And when I read that, mine has nothing to do with post-apocalyptic you know, apocalyptic genre and all of that. But the way that the POVs were in there, it was very strong. And I really loved it. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's the kind of style that my book needs. Well, we're doing one of these competitions the other day, and it's like, what's the first line? And I just honestly just looked at this thing, and I just started typing. I got my first line, and I'm like, oh, that is the first line. <laughs> yeah, it gives you the ability to, to play around. And then you can yeah. too. Like, people would be right. And what I think was great is people actually took the time to, like, write underneath oh, this is really great. I'd be interested in reading this. And, and like, it, it kind of gave you that authentic. Right. <laughs> when I wrote shallow graves are meant to be found. And then I was like, I'm texting my husband going, I've got my first line. Because <laughs> sometimes that is the hardest one to write. Like you're stuck. And I'm like, that's it. And then the next thing I know, somebody on the group is like, okay, you're my new BFF. <laughs> like, I love that line. And then that gives you, like you said, it gives you that smile, you know, in your spirit and you say, okay, I'm not crazy. That actually is the line that works. And, and I think with books, like we, our readers have such short attention spans at this point, your first line is everything. It's your five second elevator pitch, which is probably more like two seconds now with, yeah. <laughs> you know, attention spans, but um, it, it's, it's the first thing your agent reads. It's the first thing that you, uh, you look at when you look at a book, like, do I want to read this first line? You know, yeah. and, and that's, uh, you know, again, that was against just something organically brought out of the group. And, it's something that you wouldn't normally think about on your own because you just assume, at least I did, you know, when you start writing, sometimes you think, oh, they'll, they'll wait till halfway through chapter two before it gets good. No, they don't. No, no. and we know on the teacher end what happens to young adult readers if it's not. I mean, how many, yes, as a teacher, I teach AP language and I teach at the high school level. And so many times I've had to tell my students, it gets good in chapter three, but by then, by then their attention span is completely lost. 
And then if you're working with reluctant readers like I am, you really have to be selective with the partnerships that you're creating with the students and their books. Correct. Because they've had, you know, they don't have a wealth of this book love behind them. So they're coming to us like, reading? Nah, I'm texting. I'm snapping. Young adult novels, I think even with adult novels nowadays, they kind of want that crisp clarity that limited word choice brings. And um, just the power of some words, not the power of massive description. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite writers is Frank Preddy, and I love the way he writes because it's so clear, like it's almost movie clear. Like you can see as he's writing exactly what he's seeing. And I don't think it's because he uses a lot of description. I think it's because you can picture it without the clutter that, that slows your reading down. You know, compare that to you know, the classic Scarlet Letter. <laughs> you got to read like half a page before you discover that they move 10 steps, you know? So like, it's, it's just, we don't have the high, it's a different style of reading. It's a different style of writing now. And so we have to stay away from that excessive wordiness. So like, that's why those short competitions really help. It was funny, I was talking to my AP language class, which is all about the power of words, specific word choices. And I was telling them that I was entering contests where it was like 100 word minimum or whatever. And, and I had a couple students who liked to write and they're like, that's impossible. You can't write a story in 100 words. I'm like, yes, you can. And they're like, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, try 10. I tried this one too. And they're like, no, you can't do that either. But you can. And I did one of the challenges. I did that 50 word, the 50 word challenge and I actually went online and I submitted it and I was like, and then it turned into a poem for my niece who now says she's going to frame it and put it in her kitchen because <laughs> I put mermaids behind it and she has like a sea theme in her, um, in her kitchen. And I'm like, if that challenge would have never been there, that's what you've got to teach these kids. Like, come on, open your mind. This stuff actually can motivate you and inspire you to, to using words, you know, in a powerful way. Right, very beautiful, like how many words you have. Um, it's almost like poetry. Poetry is so beautiful and so poignant just for the simple fact that the writers are so specific with the words that they chose. And so you gotta apply that same principle to fiction. Uh, you are specific with the word words you choose. You don't need to use a lot of adverbs if you use stronger verbs. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's just simple things like that, that when you first start off writing, you don't see. And it's so many hours of editing when you have to backtrack. So again, having a group just really jump starts your writing knowledge. So, and, and your quality overall. And what about your whip like right now? You said that since you've been with this group and it's very, the group is very active, that you've produced more. Like, where are you currently well, I call it the first of chapter 12, but <laughs> we're still kind of stuck on 12, but I, I've gotten all the way up to 12 chapters, and the plan for the book is to finish at about 21 since it's a young adult. So I'm not far. I know I can make it. Yay! I believe in you. I know you can do it. And your writing is absolutely superb. So I'm going to be the one that's going to say that to you. Yeah, and it's, just, it's just, it's been an incredible journey just because I know when I do finish, you know, I, I'll have, I can find a beta or I can trade with someone who's also writing a book and we can swap chapters. In fact, I've been doing that with someone to the side here and there. Um, but the, at one point I was entering, um, it was a, a conference with an agent 
for your first chapter. And it originally said your first 10 pages will be looked at. I was like, oh, that's fine. I've got 10 pages in my first chapter. It was 10 pages and the word count was about 3,000 words lower than my first chapter. So I was like, well, this is gonna work. And you had to cut it down before you could even submit it. I about cried because I was like, there's no way I can cut that much out of my first chapter. How can I do that? Um, I posted it to the group, asked for help. They literally went through it and vacuumed up so much unnecessary verbiage that when I read it, I was like, I like this better. And I didn't even think that was possible to cut something that you love down so much when you thought you already had cut it down and love it even more. So I, I tell writers all the time, like if someone's giving you suggestions for cutting words, obviously you, you're still the writer, so you have to decide, but it's probably not a bad thing. Right. It's say what you mean and mean what you say, but you don't need the extra fluff. How much do you think working at the high school level is influencing your style of writing? Like, does that keep you, you think, fresher? I think uh, as far as influencing my style of writing, it's, it's more about understanding my audience because since I want to write a young adult sci-fi dystopian novel, it's helped me see that the students that I'm writing for, what's going to make them pick up a book? And, and it's going to be anything unfortunately it's probably going to be anything that it probably turns into a movie they need that that movie element so if i can capture that quality of a movie action pace you know say what you mean but say it clearly kind of magic into my writing you know then i have my readers so i'm also planning on when i do finish it handing out chapters of my book to my students and saying all right guys tell me what you found boring uh mark the pages you fell asleep on you know um but you know it's it's being able to kind of realize that our readers today, they don't want a lot, but they do want a lot of action and movement. And, you know, they don't want long descriptions. Well, it's the, the one is boring, I'm done. <laughs> it's the generation of Netflix. Yes. And so when we pitch our book, two kids are like, oh my gosh, think about this Netflix movie. It's going to be something like this. So I've got to get you to help me get it to that. You know, like we can say, when you're doing it, can you visualize it like this movie? What can I add to it? What am I missing? What elements of suspense or something that's, that can draw you in? Like, I know this guy, he did this whole questionnaire. He created a questionnaire for his betas. And he would group students around him and he would pass out the questionnaire and they would just sit through and read it and have like Socratic seminar because he used to be a teacher. So he took like the Socratic seminar format that we use in our classes in English and he turned it into beta reader opportunities for him to get feedback. And for people who aren't teachers, how do you reach, let's say, young adults if that's your genre or that's your readership? Um, I would say, again, having a community group like right around the block, I even had a couple members on there who were like, my son loves to read because, you know, here, here we have a writer and a reader who, of course, more than likely has a child who's a writer or a reader. And they're like, yeah. if you want, when you get close to finishing, I wouldn't mind letting, you know, him or her read a couple chapters of your book and letting you know what they think. So it's all about having that community and that connection, you know, and you can, you know, even if you're not an English teacher, find ways to connect with your intended genre through a writing group. And even at the teen clubs at the libraries, 
-hmm. all of the local libraries have teen advisories okay. and they have they have like trust me locally here very active members and i'm already plugging in with them to help me with marketing the the book you know well promotion i shouldn't say marketing because that means money but like book promotion and helping me with social media like a part where you know it's not maybe my strongest point but it's theirs and so i've already had meetings with people from this teen library group so there there's ways and i'm in a school and i'm still reaching out into communities and finding, you know, finding that audience so I can get some really good feedback. Even right now, before the book is published, I'm doing that. That's great. And that's where you gotta be able to seize those opportunities. Because if you're just gonna sit and make a file on your laptop and then not share it or be nervous, and that's the thing I run into a lot. Well, I'm nervous to share my work. It might not be good enough. Or, you know, if you're, if it's just, well, then why did you write it? I don't, I don't know. You could have. <laughs> doing something else you know but taking your work and just taking that first step and and sharing it and seeing what happens and, and that's criticism and that's why people need to plug into groups because yes. then they'll see other people talking about their work posting their work taking chances showing that courageous spirit and that can help motivate them too yes and originally i remember this had kind of a profound effect on me i won't say what group it was, but when when I first started writing and I was a young writer, uh, there was a group that I wanted to join, but it had different levels. So level one was for basic writers and level two was for the people who had been published and you weren't allowed access unless you could prove to them that you could be in there. Oh, wow. And, right, and I understand, you know, why they had that, I do, but at the same time it had such, um, I was so upset about it too, because, you know, I feel like, well, I could have learned so much in that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like, I'm not trying to bug you. I'm not going to try to chase you down, but I would love to hear your thoughts, you know? And, and that's something that when I created this group, I'm like, I'm not going to be creating levels, you know, like, let's just come together because you can learn a lot from the new writer who comes in just as, as much as you can from a more established writer if the spirit of the group is there. Um, you just had, you know, like, if a new member joins, you know, they're still willing to offer their perspective as a beta, and that's incredibly helpful. Whether or not they've had the experience in marketing like you have had. Well, again, they could learn from you on that, but you could learn from their perspective on your story as well. So it's, it's just about creating that community where you can give and share from a, a variety of experience levels. And then, you know, we do have to, instead of levels, we have questions. And oftentimes people don't answer the questions and then it becomes awkward, like, we've got these questions. <laughs> uh, so if it doesn't get answered, I feel like then I, I try to you know, drag my admin team into posting an answer. It's like, come on guys, we gotta get this out because, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we get busy or whatever. But at the same time, I think that right now, at least the questions being posted are, are pretty useful or people are adding really good resources to it. We even have a group Pinterest page. So if you can't get your answer on the group, you can check out the Pinterest page and there's a lot of helpful articles and links and you know things that we've kind of been collecting since the group began, which we really didn't begin that long ago, but I feel like it really kind of really blossomed overnight, which is a beautiful thing. 
Oh, I was talking, I wasn't talking about like the specific questions that the people were asking in the feeds. I was talking about, you know, when people ask to join the group, you don't make them prove levels. You don't make them oh, no, 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 no. excuses, but we do ask questions and people still don't answer them. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, we're, I mean, that's another thing. Sometimes you look at these like giant writing groups with 3000 plus members and you kind of got to wonder, are they really all writers? So that's what we're trying. We're not being selective as far as you know, like you said, experience levels, but we do want to make sure that you're a real breathing person because that's, <laughs> that's part of the charm of the group. <laughs> right, right. People. It's a real community. And so what kind of encouragement would you tell people that have so much going on? Because you have a lot on your plate. You can, you have the baby coming. Yeah. You are teaching. You have a family. You have a toddler. Yeah, which, yeah, that's always fun to write around. That's part of the curse of chapter 12. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, sleep, the toddler chapter. Um, yeah, I, I think you have to make time in writing for both writing and marketing. And joining a social group like this is part of your marketing. It's part of, you know, creating that community. So you got to spend at least some time online making connections. And one thing I've really admired about you is how many podcasts you have and how many things you're putting out there all the time. Like that's, it's an incredible amount of work that you're doing. And I'm like, I need to get on that because writing is a mix. You have to be both a, a marketer and a writer and it, it can be really overwhelming to handle all these roles and, you know, especially it it's not like you can just hire a publicist, like here, help me out. <laughs> I think that right now I'm almost at my 300th episode. Like, for the podcast since May of last year. Wow. So that just lets you know how I'm trying to establish and build as a podcast host. But I find it to be so enjoyable doing these interviews because I learn so much from people and I get so inspired by other people telling their story. Like, I want to hear about what you did when you were 16 and writing. I want this story. <laughs> I really just, I, I, there's no other word for it other than I was a nerd and <laughs> join the club. Come on. You're talking to the writers here. We feel you. <laughs> yeah, I was like a 60,000 word novel that I will never show to anyone now, but I mean, what a great experience as far as being, you know, a young writer. Um, I actually used it in college to get credit in a fiction course. I well, like, aren't you fancy? That's some. Yeah, that's I showed it to my professor, and then I showed her some articles and short stories that I had published over the years, and you know, I ended up getting you know three college credits for it. So I was like, hey, this works. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's something that I've, it's always been a part of me. So then, when you kind of step out of that freshly, you know, like oh, this is this, this is going to be the direction for my life. This is the love of my life, writing. You step out from that, and then it's the real world where your writing just doesn't make the cut and you're in the slush pile. And, you know, as for someone like me, I, I push and I push and then I got really discouraged and I cut back. Then I got married. Then, you know, my husband's pushing me, reconnect with your writing. This is a part of you. This is who you are. Go you know, husband. That cheerleader beta. And then from there, just slowly rebuilding my confidence to the point where now, you know what, go ahead, reject me, but I'm still going to write because this is, you know, it's, I've had to come back stronger, but what a waste of, of time and years. And so that's another reason that having this community has been important to me. It's, it's, it's just on a personal level as well. Like 
So when I tell my group, like, it's okay, pick yourself back up, I, I come from a place where I, I gave up writing at one point, mm-hmm. only to come back. And plus, when you're teaching English all day, and you're like, oh, I wish I could, like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm teaching books, but I want to be writing books. So, like, it kind of re-sparked that as well. And then everybody's like, well, what are you reading right now? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm reading Fahrenheit in class. I'm reading Lord of the Rings with my kid homeschooling at night. Then I'm having to sneak books that I also want to read on my, you know, my goals for this year. I wanted to read 70 books. Do not ask me why I chose that number other than seven is my favorite number. Seven was too low. (laughs) I needed something else with a seven in it. But I'm like, you know, the time just to read sometimes not even the right but the read <laughs> and i think also one thing that writers are failing to neglect is it's words can also be audio like i push my kids to listen to audiobooks because on my commute on the way to work i can listen to a lot of the books that i want and i think that's been really powerful as far as finding time especially when i'm running around the kitchen or i'm doing dishes like like it's still like yes there's a magical moment when you're able to sit and read a book but there's also something magical about listening to it as well. And I think that's something, you know, with all these podcasts that you're doing, it's, it's powerful. But there's a rhythm to the talk. So like if you're listening to the audiobook, you get a rhythm that you might not pattern when you're reading it. And I think that that's why I hear authors are saying now that they're doing the voice back. Like they're going to play their books back and they're hearing it. And it's, oh, wait, now I see where I've got to clean this up. So that's a technique that I have heard a lot of writers are doing. Have you tried that technique yet? Because I haven't done it, but. Well, as soon as I finish, yes, I think I will. Because I think it's really a great way, not only for my students, you know, but like if I gave them beta chapters, but to like actually let them be able to hear it. Because not all of our young readers have the ability to have that inner reading voice. Because you can hear it when they read out loud in the classroom. They struggle with reading out loud fluently so you know if they're struggling with that they're going to be struggling with that inner reading voice as well and then all they'll do is word call right and I think that's why writers especially if you're writing to and then that's that's our young adult generation but you have to understand they're not too far removed from our current readership either Mm. you know you know having that rhythm may be important so you may want to consider doing audio with your book as well yeah, I think it's a good tip. Maybe this summer I'll sit with my country voice and record my serial killer book that's going to be coming out, hopefully. And it's probably going to, I won't let my child hear it though, because last summer when he beta read for me and I was stuck in a chapter of the exorcist story I wrote last summer, he got so scared. He had to sleep with the cross and the Bible. I'm like, oh my, he woke, he said, mama, don't ever read me that book again out loud. And I'm like, son, I promise I won't. So he won't, he won't be a beta this time, this summer. And even though it's a YA, he still, the topics, he was like, nope, I'm too, I can't handle that. <laughs> it might be a good idea to do something like what a LibriVox does, which to gather, you know, like you said, your team of, your teenage team of, of marketers seeing if they would take on different voices to really kind of bring the book to life that, might that would be cool right like involving them as well hey there's a project for you too first chapter because you know you want to try to hook readers so instead of here's my first chapter read a bunch of pages which sometimes turns readers off maybe getting them initially started into the story through 
And you know, a lot of people are doing that too. Have you been noticing on websites, like when I'm out doing my author research and I'm just kind of scanning, they'll say, read my first chapter for free, listen to my first chapter for free. Right, because we're in that that age, <laughs> you know, where, yeah. you know, they may not have time, but you may have time to listen to it as an MP3 file, just put it on your mm. headset and, you know. I think I think that's really cool though of getting like a cast of that voice that age group of whatever it is that you're working in and just let them do that read and then offer it up as an audio mm -hmm. on your websites there it is okay I'm right look I'm writing this down because <laughs> I'm gonna forget audio first chapter what do you say what do you think you're gonna do what are your plans after you finish your whip do you think you're gonna go self-publishing are you gonna try traditional publishing where do you feel like you're gonna go with it well I once had a writing professor who said any door is an open door and, uh, and then you also get advice from other people that you should only go traditional I think I'm gonna try the traditional route let's see what happens and then at some point you may have to say what door is open to you. It, it, if it's there, if it's a small publisher, if it's, uh, you know, self-publishing, I know some writers have become pretty successful with it, but you really got to know yourself and your dedication level. You got to know that your promotion skills are on point too. Yes. Yeah. You really do. And, and yeah. you have to be confident at that point. I think you want to make sure you've gone through the beta process so that way your self-published work doesn't look or appear as if there's a reason it was self-published you know right you got to make sure that it has that quality to it because it is there have been cases where self-published books have been picked up by publishers once they've seen how well the book is done so you know I'm, i think i'm going to try the traditional route and uh see what blessings fall on it but <laughs> And I'm going to try the traditional route with the other books that I have that are just kind of like waiting in line. Which one are you going to go for next? And if that doesn't work, then I'm definitely not going to create a book cover myself. I'm going to actually pay for a quality book cover and I'm going to invest. And I'd say getting an actual editor after the betas. Just again, making sure that if you self-publish, it's a, it's a product of quality. Right. And I'm, I mean, I will go that route because I have so many lined up waiting. And we'll just see. I'm like you. I'm going to try both routes and just see. Any door is an open door. I like that quote. In indie publishing has become a, a pretty big thing. They have a lot of conferences where you can still meet with agencies or maybe smaller publishers that will somehow work something out with you. Maybe they offer editing services. You cover a small portion of the, the cost. So there, there are options. Again, I think it just comes down to, are you willing to go the full route? Right. Well, I want to put a plug in for the community. So let's, let's give a plug for Right Around the Block, which I think we have the most awesome members ever. Um, and so if anybody's out there listening and they want a strong writing community where we actually support each other and respect each other, you've got Right Around the Block. You can find us on Facebook. Thanks to Lydia Collins. Well, it's, it's, it's a community thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just proud to be a part of it. 
glad I hit the start button on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> well, there was that. That takes courage, though. Well, when you're when it's just you and like maybe two or three members at first, yeah, you're like, okay, <laughs> this could be great. Or <laughs> and then it gets like that person that just has their own Facebook page. But I mean. <laughs> But then it gets bigger and, and it grows and then you get another moderator and then you ask another moderator. And you have several uh, at this point. They're just absolutely fantastic people. And as the group grows, people will obviously want to add more. Again, it's just to maintain the quality of the group as well, just so you have that presence of someone always around to help out and answer. Mm -hmm. All right. So any last words of wisdom? Um. Just don't be afraid to take your baby, which is your book, and and cut it down until it, it, it's professional and it's polished. And one of the ways to do that is to be open to constructive criticism, which if you're a part of a group, you know there's group opinions. So that that's always just been a, a powerful thing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lydia, for joining us on Jen Lowry Writes. And I will say, go out there and write something inspiring today and share it with the world. All right. Bye. Love you. If you're looking for my challenge devotionals on Amazon, go right on over and type in Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry, and you'll see my 30-day everyday mom challenge my 30-day teacher challenge, fingerprint curriculum for my home school families, and one that's closest to my heart is the Happy Renewal Year Challenge devotional. I dare you to go and check them out today. You can also find that they're on Kindle Unlimited because I want you guys to have access. I often put them up for free uh, promotional items. I'll do countdowns. Um, so that way you can grab one, you can gift them with a friend, you can share them out on your sites, and people can go on this journey with us. In December of 2019, look out for the release of my author challenge devotional. I'm looking forward to that one and sharing it with you.